Well, hey, everybody. Great to connect again with you guys online. We love you guys so much, and I'm excited about this word that I have to share with you uh, today. We're in a series called At the Right Time, At the Right Time, and we're looking at Kairos moments, uh, special moments, special seasons that happen in all of our lives that uh, God uses to help us become everything he's called us to be. Uh, I think uh, we would all agree we're in all together in a unique season right now. I'm going to use the word unprecedented, even though some of us are sick of that word. And even though it's been overused in my lifetime, I've never experienced anything like we've had in the last three, four, five months uh, of 2020. But I want to talk to today about uh, seasons in life. And uh, last week, I talked about flowing with times and seasons. And today, uh, I want to talk about discerning your season, discerning your season. When seasons change for us, uh, you know, in the natural, uh, there are clothes that are appropriate for the summer season. There are clothes that are appropriate for the winter season. And you don't throw away your winter clothes in the summer. You just set them aside. And you know that there are certain things you wear in certain seasons. Um, there is work that you do in the winter. You might end up shoveling snow, but you'd never do that in the summer. In the summer, you're pulling weeds out of a garden or you're doing other kinds of work. So there's, there's clothes, the things you wear, what you put on in one season is different than another. The work you do is, is different. Uh, the activities of one season are different than another season. Whenever we get a decent snow, uh, my house has kind of a slope in the front of it, and we get our sleds out and go sliding down the hillside, and it's such a blast. But in the summer, we do different things. And Understanding the value of uh, seasons, of times in our life is absolutely vital to recognize the value of each season and then have the capacity to understand that what is happening now is a season and seasons change. And if we could learn to cooperate uh, with the seasons that are our lives are in, it's going to help us so much. Um, we are in a season right now, but I just want to be a reminder to you that all seasons come to pass. We will eventually come out of this season that we're in. It seems like we're in this thing for so long, but the truth is we'll look back on this with memories and uh, remember all the things that happened, or at least a bunch of the things. Uh, in one sense, we're all in this season together. But in another sense, we're all kind of in the same sea, but in different boats. In other words, uh, discerning your season, not just the season that we're in right now, but discerning your season is vital. I was out golfing the other day and uh, uh, got joined up with a young man who had just moved to Asheville and we got to chatting about what's going on in, in life and he's just a, a young guy just been married for a couple of years renting an apartment trying to save money for a down payment for a house God bless you for doing that in Asheville 
uh, you know, no kids yet, uh, just trying to establish himself. And here I am out with him. My house is already paid for. My kids are grown. I've got grandkids. He doesn't have any kids yet. Uh, I've been established in work and career uh, for decades now. And he and I are just, even though we're all experiencing this thing together, we are in different seasons. And never compare your season with somebody else because you might be in the middle of a development season, but God has, there are other people that are around you that are maybe past that season. Don't judge the middle of a season by the end of somebody else's season. But you're in a different season than me. So I want to start off with this idea, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. There is an appointed time or an appointed season for everything. And there is a time for every event, which that word could literally be translated delight. There's a time for every delight under heaven. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I talked about this idea that God has appointed a specific uh, appointed time season for you. Galatians 6, 9 says, let's not lose heart in doing good, for in due time, at one's own distinct appointed time, we shall reap if we don't grow weary. But I want to read on in Ecclesiastes. It talks about different seasons, different times. There's a verse 2, a time to give birth, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot what has been planted. A time to kill, a time to heal. A time to tear down, a time to build up. A time to weep, a time to laugh. A time to mourn, a time to dance. A time to throw stones, and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace, looking forward to that finally coming back, huh? And a time to shun embracing, wear your face covering. A time to search, a time to give up as lost, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear apart, a time to sew together, a time to be silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. I just want us to recognize as we look at what Ecclesiastes is telling us is that there are different times, there are different seasons, and staying in sync with the season that you are in, the season that God has you in, is so important. Each season has its own different purpose. Ecclesiastes 8, verse 5, says this, He who keeps a royal command experiences no trouble. For a wise heart knows the proper time or the proper season and procedure. For there is a proper time and procedure for every delight when a man's trouble is heavy upon him. A proper time, a wise heart knows, discerns what is the right season. Don't you wish seasons came marked with a sign? <laughs> You are now entering a testing season. 
you are now entering a wilderness season. It would be great to have a sign that would say, you're now about ready to leave a wilderness season. I'm sure all of us would somehow know, love to know, when is the end of the COVID-19 season? If somebody were to tell us it would be by the end of August, it seems like it would make it easier. Or, there, or if we even had a sign that said, this is the lesson that you need to learn in this season, in this wilderness. Don't you wish there were like super clear signs? But let me tell you what happens when you change seasons. Because spiritual seasons have transition times just like natural seasons. And transition times can be pretty tricky to navigate because you're leaving one season, but you're entering into a new season. Uh, you're not totally where you were, and you're not totally where you are headed, but you're in a transition moment. And the ability to successfully navigate the transitions between seasons is so, so essential. Even in our, in our services, uh, we plan and we work hard on the transitions from uh, worship to an MC to an offering, to the message, to the end of the, of the service, because here's what we know. If we let the transition drop, all the momentum uh, of joy or peace or presence of God that we're feeling uh, could be lost if we just drop a transition. We lose it in the transition. And an understanding of, of seasons and an understanding of your appointed time and an understanding of transitions is so powerful. It will help you successfully navigate the waters that we're in right now. I like this idea that's in uh, Ecclesiastes 9, verse 5. It says, a wise heart knows the proper time. Literally in the Hebrew, the word heart could be translated inner man. Your inner man can discern what the season that you're in. And one of the reason I want to say that to us is because I want us to learn to live from our spirit, not just from our head. Your head might be trying to figure everything out right now, but there's things your spirit knows that your head doesn't know yet. Seasons are discerned. So if we understand the value of times and seasons and appointed times and transitions, that's vital. But I think it's important to understand the value of the process, the procedure that brings us into different seasons and out of different seasons. Proper time and proper procedure for every delight. Because let me say, there are seasons that are set up for certain delights, and there are seasons that are not set up for certain delights. In other words, the capacity to delay gratification in one season can set you up for really flourishing in the next season. If you're single, this is not the season for you to enjoy the delight of sex. Amen. And that is reserved for a man and a woman 
who have committed their lives to each other in marriage. And if you will understand that it's not that sex is wrong, but it, that it has to be in the right season. Uh, if, you, if we understand that there are seasons of prudence and sacrifice and not spending everything that we make, eventually it will bring us into a delightful season of blessing and prosperity. Uh, Dave Ramsey has been telling us for years, if you live like no one else, in other words, not in debt and, and over your head financially and setting money aside, if you live like no one else, eventually you'll get to live like no one else. The delight is not delayed forever. God's not trying to hold back from you, but there are some things that are wrong out of season and they are wrong out of process. So I wanna encourage you to recognize that you may be in a season right now, but there is a, there is a delight coming in a next season. There is fruitfulness coming in a next season. Don't get stuck in a season. You know, there, some people, they, they walk through a season and they, they just start to build an identity around it. It's the idea, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Don't set up house there. It's just a season. It's just a wilderness. It's just a test. And why am I telling you that? Because I think there are a lot of people that let their head get stuck in a season that was just a season of testing or just a season of, of delaying gratification on things. And really, God has so much great things in store. Maybe you're in the middle of this COVID season and you're wondering, is this going to ever end? Yes, it will move forward for you. So even Jesus, he spent 40 days in the wilderness. The nation of Israel spent 40 years in the wilderness. Let's not get stuck for 40 years in what was just supposed to be a season. When you understand that another season is coming, uh, there another appointed time from God of blessing for your life. When you understand that there is a process from one season to the next, it keeps us from overreacting to what's happening in this season. It will keep you sowing because you know there's harvest in the next season. It will keep you staying in the word and in prayer and, and feeding your soul because there's another season coming. Psalm 1 verse 1 says this, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. I love this passage so much. It talks about where your roots really are, where, where you're getting your nourishment from. But I love this idea that it says we will yield our fruit in our season. In other words, one season is for yielding fruit, but one season is for 
for preparing to yield fruit. One season is for resting the ground. One season is for harvesting the fruit. Fruit is the primary objective. Uh, the Bible says that whatever we do, it'll prosper. And God wants to bring us into that. But every season has its place in taking us there. Don't get stuck in a season that isn't bearing fruit. And the aim in all the seasons is fruit. Don't get sidetracked on the process that you're going through, uh, rather than recognize the purpose of that process. A couple of stories from the Old Testament that help us look at this idea of discerning your season. King David missed it and did not discern his proper season. 2 Samuel 11, 1, it happened in the spring at the time when the kings go out to battle, in other words, that was the season for what he, the king, should be doing, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the sons of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, but David stayed at Jerusalem. Now when the evening came, David arose from his bed, walking around on the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful in appearance. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And one said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messengers and took her. And when she came to him, he lay with her. And when she had purified herself from her uncleanness, she returned to her house. Well, you know how the story goes. She ends up getting pregnant from this one encounter. Then he ends up uh, literally getting Uriah, her husband, assassinated. And so David's doing the whole big cover-up. The reason he got himself into so much trouble was he was out of season. He, he was hanging around the house when he was supposed to be out in the springtime, the season for war. If he would have been occupied with the work of the season that he was in, he wouldn't have been in the place of temptation. And I know that going through this COVID season, there could be an opportunity that you would get sidetracked, that you would get distracted, that you would, you would make choices, that you got to remember, come on, there is another season coming. Stay wise. Hey, man, keep your zippers up and just stay pure and stay devoted to your wife if you're married. But that David messed his life up for a long time because he did not discern his season. Elijah, the prophet Elijah, almost blew it uh, because he wasn't discerning the season he was in. Now, Elijah was a bad man. I mean, he stood up to all the prophets of Baal, challenged them in public. I mean, he, he was big and bad, and he just had boldness, it seemed. But look at this, 1 Kings 19.1. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and even more if I don't make your life as the life of one of them 
by tomorrow about this time. So here's Jezebel telling Elijah, I'm, I'm going to make sure that you die. Well, he was afraid, and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. He himself went the day's journey into the wilderness and came out, sat down under a juniper tree. He requested for himself that he might die. He was so depressed about Jezebel's threat against his life that he wanted to die. And he said, it is enough now. I'm sure a lot of us have said this at some point. I have had enough. He said, it is enough now, O Lord. Take my life, for I'm not better than my father's. He lay down, slept under a juniper tree. And behold, there was an angel touching him, and he said to him, arise and eat. Then he looked, and behold, there was at his head a bread cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. Here's the, here's the picture. Here's the story. Elijah had just faced off with all the prophets of Baal, had a public uh, showdown, if you will, with those guys. And they were cutting themselves and trying to make uh, fire fall on, on a sacrifice and they could get nothing going. And here comes Elijah calling for fire, saying, hey, just pour water on everything. Pour more water on everything. I mean, he is like, he has got his macho on. And he is, he is calling for them. And then fire falls down from heaven. He just won one of the biggest battles of his life. He takes this huge stand against the prophets of Baal. But then an attack comes from the queen Jezebel. Isn't that interesting? That he could stand up against all that society would throw at him, but the queen Jezebel, her threat against him made him want to die, made him want to run away. Here's what I see about that. There, you never know what somebody's real fear is, what somebody's real trigger is, what's going to cause them to say, that's it, I'm gonna, I want to I wanna give up. And I just want to say to you, God is with you, you stay with him. Because what I love about this story is he goes and crawls under this juniper tree, says, God, I'm just ready to end it. I've had enough. I just want to run away. And I would even go to, I would even die if that would be allowable to you. And the Lord feeds him one time. And I believe that was to help him recover from what his heart was going through. But then the Bible says, the, the, the angel of the Lord said, rise up, eat again. And now, so he's, he feeds one time to recover, but then he feeds the next time to go into the next season, to go into the next chapter that God had for his life, to prepare for that next season. Can I just urge you to know that self-care, you know, 
Taking care of your soul is so important. Luke chapter 4, Jesus has been through the uh, temptations of the enemy in the wilderness. And the Bible says in verse 13, when the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him until another opportune time, until another opportune season. You know, the devil's going to pick opportune seasons to come after you and to come after me. Uh, I, can, I can think back over the years of our church. We finish a great campaign of reaching out, finish a great project, maybe building something or doing something great, a mission team, a big team's gone out, all kinds of things that have happened. And it's a victory, but here's what I know. Every victory is still going to be followed by another battle. Every victory, the devil is looking for another opportune time. I can, I can remember through all the years, we would have big Easter outreaches or big Christmas Eve outreaches or big uh, family fun day outreaches. We could have this huge impact and pull everybody together and just as sure as I'm breathing, there's a battle that's going to be coming right after a great victory. The, the, the temptation when you are in the middle of a battle is to forget that that battle is just there for a season as well. Another season is coming. And you've got to have your heart in a place where you can discern this is just a battle. This is just a winter. This is just a wilderness. This is just a test. God has fruit for me, fruitfulness. God has blessing. God has victory for me in the next season. No victory lasts forever, but thank God no storm lasts forever. No storm will stay forever. Here is Elijah, the, just the great man of God, but who knew that just the threat of Jezebel would make him get depressed, make him want to die, want just depression. He forgets everything, and he gets contained in the battle of this season, tempted to quit, tempted to give up. I can't tell you how many times through the years that I have wanted to quit on Monday morning. <laughs> uh, how many times in, in the life of our church when we maybe were going through a difficult season, a difficult situation in the life of our church, and through the years I could look back and remember the times that I thought, I'm just sick and tired of this. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, and I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit helped me to understand in those seasons that, come on, that's just a battle season. There is another season coming. Everybody say it. There is another season coming. And you got to discern your season. I wish there had been signposts. You know, that beautiful signpost that said, hey, this is the beginning of a battle. It's going to end here. I look back on it now and I realize, oh my gosh, uh, you know, thank God I didn't quit. Thank God I didn't give up. Right now, someone is tempted. You're tempted to quit 
on, on your marriage or you're tempted to quit on your child. You're tempted to quit on your, your place in the house of God. You're tempted to quit on your ministry. You're just, you have this temptation to quit. I'm here to encourage you to remember, come on, God will carry you through. He'll feed you once to recover. He'll feed you again to carry you with strength into the next season. Ephesians 5, verse 15 says, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as wise men, but uh, not as unwise men, but as wise making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. In other words, understand that there are times, that there are seasons, that there is a process. And here's what I've discovered is that success doesn't happen in a day. Success is the result of a lot of days of process, of knowing. Suddenlies are always preceded by a process. Acts chapter 2, verse 2 says, suddenly. Everybody say, suddenly. There came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. The suddenly of the Holy Spirit showing up was preceded by a process of a bunch of prayer meetings and, a, and a, a bunch of opportunities for people to quit, to mess up, but yet here they are now in a suddenly. That is that the Holy Spirit is being poured out. God has, and, I, and this is the word that keeps coming to me, God has an appointed time. God has a suddenly arranged for you if you will stick with the proper process of walking with God. Uh, I love this idea further in. Peter and John, uh, remember the story where they were going into the temple and the lame man said, uh, you know, do you have any alms? And Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus. Give I thee. I just quoted King James. Somebody help me. And come on, somebody. And uh, the man rises up and they healed this lame man. But in the Bible, here's how the Bible says it. Acts 3, verse 7, seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. And with a leap, he stood upright, began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Suddenly, this guy who's been lame his whole life, you know some people who've been lame <laughs> their whole life, lame his whole life, but suddenly Peter grabs him by the hand and, and picks him up. But let me tell you how that happened. They had been giving themselves to the process of prayer and seeking after God before that. Acts 3, verse 1, which comes before Acts 3, 7, and 8. Then Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. Then the suddenly came. If, if, you'll, if you'll master the process that's happening in the season that you're in right now, you will win. If you understand there are times, there are seasons, there are transitions, and you just stay with it, 
God will bring you into your suddenly. Hey, I want to pray with you today. No matter where you're at, would you just bow your head for a moment? Let's just, let's just take a moment to pray. Father, thank you for all the suddenlies that you have in mind for each person that's hearing this message. Lord, I am praying right now that fresh hope, fresh faith, fresh strength. Father, just as you fed Elijah for him to recover from the past, then fed him again to walk into his next season, his next chapter. God, I'm praying by your spirit, you do that for every person hearing this message. Hey, just got to take a minute. Maybe you've been listening to this and you know that you are not where you need to be in your relationship with the Lord. I would love to pray with you. Maybe you've never surrendered to Jesus. Maybe you used to be close to him, but you know you're not where you want to be, where you ought to be, where you know you could be, where you should be. Or maybe you just feel a lack of confidence about where you stand with God. Hey, I want to pray with you right now. So let's, let's say this prayer together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I want you in my life as my Lord. I know I've sinned, I've messed up, but I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. Today is a new beginning as I surrender to Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you so much. That's so great to hang together today. Hey, hang on just for a minute. We got a, uh, a short video, just a couple more things for you to plug into. God bless you.